0: Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. There is a a weightiness in the atmosphere this morning. uh, And I think the, the message that God has, that he has given me, that he's Laid in my spirit, um, we'll go right along with much of the worship uh, that we've had. Uh, And so if you take notes, uh, I have one note I want you to take right off the bat. Uh, And if you get nothing else from today, get this, that pruning is not punishment. Pruning is not punishment. Pruning by its very definition means a separation means that something is being parted from something else. And we recognize in our lives that that we go through seasons, we go through periods where that separation occurs, whether that's loved ones, family, stuff. Uh, You ask anyone who's survived a house fire, whether they feel a little separation and feel like something is suddenly shifted. That's a pruning that they're going through for sure. And you know, even in those seasons that we can look forward to, um, where new challenges exist in the pruning, things that that we do to ourselves, new jobs, new habits, things like that, is that we can still feel that pain of separation from what was. And so pruning is, is not a comfortable thing, it can be a very, very tough thing. In fact, pruning can be painful, but it's never punishment. So the text today comes from John 15, and I'll read out of the New Living Translation, verses 1 through 4. And I saw something this morning I I had not realized until this morning in this text. And that this text lies in the journey between the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's nothing in the text that tells us exactly where this takes place, but if you look at the text, you see at the end of chapter 14, I believe it's chapter 14, he says, come on, let's go. And then you get this text where he's talking about a grapevine. And it's very easy to imagine the Jesus and the disciples traveling as they're heading to the Garden of Gethsemane and passing a grapevine that maybe was in the garden, maybe it was a hedge, maybe it was something on the way. But it's very easy to imagine that they passed this on the way. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message, and some of your texts will say the word that I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And you know, as I as I as I looked at this text and as I as I thought about it, um, and I have have preached out of this one other time, and uh, and Becky reminded me, and we kind of laughed about it. Um, and it's a little bit different message today, but but the last time I spoke on this, a couple people came up afterwards and said that's just what I needed to hear, and that was the last time they came to that church. Um, I don't really want that to happen today. Um, but you know what? If it's in God's plan, then so be it. Um, we'll miss you. I love you. Uh, this is not pointed at anyone, um, but I will say that that as a as a pastor and um, as a leader, uh, you know your your stories and struggles do get shared, uh, and we are in much prayer. Uh, there's a board in the in the back room that we pull out on Tuesday nights that has a lot of names on it, and we lift them up, and and we we look forward to the day when we can move them from the left side of the board where the prayer requests are over to the right side where the praise reports are. And you know. Um, I think about this pruning and I think about Becky and I and uh, and as I look back in my life because you know sometimes hindsight is 2020. sometimes when you're in the midst of something you can't make any sense of it. but sometimes when you walk through it and you have a chance to to let it settle into your history, you can look back and you can see how things unfolded and as Becky and I um, walk through a season in our life I can see how that was a was a pruning season and I can see where where we had to be separated from some things um and it was hard and I can see the fruit it produced which is amazing and so Becky and I before we moved to Michigan we lived in Tennessee <clears throat> um Tennessee's a beautiful place uh we love to go there um we were there for 15 years. Uh, there's a fabulous, dynamic church that we were a part of. Uh, that when we got there had 50 people. When we left, had over 1,500 people. Um, and we got to walk through all that growth. We got to walk through and see how God moved in people's lives and how He opened doors and did all these amazing things. And we got to be a part of it. Uh, I was a deacon at that church. Uh, Becky was in charge of the benevolence ministry, and she was like the frontline commander. And uh, and we had a saying that we we meet people at their point of need, and so it wasn't uncommon for Becky and I to go at nine o'clock at night to some hotel where someone was going to get kicked out because they couldn't pay the the fees for the night or whatever. Um, and Becky was was a trooper at that. I, I that was not something I was comfortable with, but she was she was great in that. But um, but you know if we look at that season. Every indication was that it was a fruitful season. Um, everything that we were doing, we were putting our hands to, especially the benevolence, and that took up a lot of our time. I, I was there with her; she wasn't doing it alone. And, um, and as you know, Becky is great at recruiting and and finding people's gifts and talents and drawing it out of them and putting a demand on it. Um, and, uh, anyways, and it was a, it was a fruitful season. Things were going great, um, but. In the midst of all of that, where where we saw a fruitful season, God saw an opportunity for pruning. And so it's in the midst of all of that that uh, that my job that had been very, very stable suddenly became unstable. And my job was being eliminated from the facility there in Tennessee. And so we were faced with a decision as to Stay there and get a new job, or move and essentially get a new job, uh, because we realized in making that move that everything would be different. Other than other than the the company that sent me a check every month, everything else is going to be different. Working with all new people, knew my role was going to change. Uh, certainly, moving to Michigan was a bit of a change from Tennessee. Um, if you've not been to Tennessee, um, yeah, there there that's quite a bit different. Um, and warmer, uh, especially in January. So we went through this season where there was a sweeping change in our lives. Everything was upset: jobs, home, hobbies. Everything was was being upset, and there was this turmoil going on all around us. And the interesting thing for us is that we both had a piece about it. We both had a piece about it, and we couldn't explain it. We didn't fully understand it. We didn't know what God was up to and exactly what all that meant. But nonetheless, we we had a peace about it. And so now, 10 years later, maybe 10 years this December that we've been up here, I can look back and I can see where I would have never had the opportunities a part of that big church that I had when I came here and essentially had to, to start over in a smaller church. Because in, in a big church like that, they could afford to be picky. They could recruit, you know, large numbers in just that area. And, and some of you have been down there and you know it. Um, they just, it's just amazing. Um, but that opened up an opportunity for me to do a couple of things. One, the first year I was here, someone someone told us before we left that that they had gone through something similar and God gave them a year of rest. And I don't know about Becky but for me it was the 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 first year that I really devoted myself to reading through the Bible. And I was able to do it in that year. And not and not just read through it. I can read all the words and not comprehend anything, but but to take the time and really to dig into the word. And so there it was a season of growth for me there. And then as we got settled and found a church then it wasn't too long, and I had opportunities to be a part of the youth ministry. And I got an opportunity to pour into these young kids' life, and all the time, just learning and growing all the time. Well, you fast forward a few more years, and well, here we are. Still learning, still growing, still being able to pour into young people's lives and some not-so-young people's lives. I'm looking at young people right now, so I'm not looking putting anybody out. But it's an opportunity and it's a time of growth that I had certainly would not have had had I stayed where I was. Had we not gone through that pruning where we separated from jobs, family, friends, everything that we were familiar with. And don't get me wrong, we had a lot of doubts. We didn't go into it like, this is gonna be fantastic. We went into it going, we believe this is where God is leading us, and we're going to make the best of it. We're going to look for him in all of it. But nonetheless, that was a painful and difficult season in our lives. So I want to talk about pruning today. Um, because pruning is a part of all our lives. The text says that that he removes branches that bear fruit and branches that don't bear fruit. So anyone in here bear fruit? And when you hear not bear fruit, is there anybody else that we missed? So that includes all of us, right? So I want to talk about pruning. And I guess, first of all, I, I just want to point out that, that, um, in this area, it's, it's a bit unique because the big thing in this area is the fruit farms. And so you don't have to take too many wrong turns before you find yourself at an apple orchard or a winery or a peach orchard or something like that and if you find it at the right time of year you look out over the fields and there is a heap of branches underneath the trees and the trees look as if they're stripped bare and let's be honest especially the apple trees are not pretty trees to begin with there's nothing really pretty about an apple tree That apple tree got hit with the ugly stick, and it said, hit me again. But nonetheless, at certain times of the year, you can drive by the fields, and you can see all the limbs underneath the tree. And especially coming up here and not being familiar with that, it looks horrific. And I I don't know, I, I suppose trees are just resilient. But I'm pretty sure that if I took any plant around the house and stripped it down to the two or three limbs that are left when the trees get pruned, yeah, it's probably not going to make it. But you see, pruning is part of the plan. Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. You see, pruning is part of the plan. And any good farmer, any there's probably a better name for fruit farmers. They probably have a name. I'll say arborist. They they trim trees, right? So any arborist knows that that there's a certain amount of the tree that they can prune off, and it'll actually make the tree stronger. And this is exactly what we see in the in the apple orchards. Is they is they prune that back in order to shape the tree, in order that the fruit that comes off of it. Has enough room between branch A and branch B so that you get air in there so it doesn't get diseased and things. It's all about making that fruit and that tree more prosperous. And there's a certain time of year when that happens. And so there's a plan and a season for pruning. And despite what it might look like, despite the turmoil that might look like uh, out in the fields underneath the tree in a heap of branches. Everything is done with a plan in mind to make that tree prosper. And so pruning in our lives is much the same. God's goal is never to leave you where you are. We serve an infinite God. Where would you ever plateau with an infinite God? Where, where is he ever going to say that, that, that Katie, you sing good enough. Stop right there. He won't. Where is he ever going to say, Wade, you preach good enough. Stop right there. He's not. And we can look at this in every aspect of our light, every aspect of our light. There's probably a sermon there too. Every aspect of our life that glorifies God, that brings him glory, that points others to him, he's going to look at and go, I have a plan. In the text, it says plans. Plans is plural. And I think it says plans because he says, you know what, If, if they do this really well, then I'm going to do this. And if they struggle a little bit and they can't quite be sure, then I've got another plan. I don't think God's surprised. I don't think he gets anxious. I don't think he worries. I think he's our biggest cheerleader. I think he roots for us. I think he says, you know, I give them the free will. I give them choice. And I hope they choose what's best. And if they don't, we're going to take this path. And if they do, I'm going to take this path. And so he has plans for us. And he is always, the plan for you is always to bring out the best in you. Now, in a season of pruning, that can be hard. Because, like I said, in the midst of pruning, it's hard to see that God is doing something great. In hindsight, being what it is, it's always easier to watch the replay and see all the details that happen. But God's plan is always to bring you into a better you. And the fact that he has a plan also means that there's a promise. Because if he has a plan for your life, and he is walking with you through that, that means he has a promise. He has a destination that's waiting for you. There is a promise over your life that God says, we're going to walk this path out. And you know where they fall and where they stumble? Here's my plan to pick them up. Here's my plan to to move them along the way. Because there's, there's even, even in this text, this is one of the things that I, I touched on the last time I spoke on this, there's a word in here that talks about cutting off the branches. And that really bothered me initially. Because I didn't see God as one that says, oh, this branch is a little off, we'll cut it off. I always saw God as one who would restore. Well, the interesting thing, and, and I wish I had it written down, I don't, but the interesting thing about this word is that it actually has two different meanings one is to cut off and separate a pruning action and the other one is to lift up and it's the same word where it says speak to this mountain and and move and it'll be cast into the sea it's the same word to pick up and move and so there's there's two different things here one is the separation one is the lifting one is to take it from from a lower position to a higher position And so some of the texts and some of the translations there actually incorporate that lifting up of the vine instead of the cutting off of the vine. But I also recognize that God wants pruning in our life. He, He recognizes there's things in our life that shouldn't be there. Anyone who's been a Christian for any length of time knows that when you become a Christian, it doesn't remove all those desires and all those things from your life. And that there's a struggle. And as you walk in that life, those things get revealed to you. And even as you get mature in, in being a Christian, mature in the Word, and, and even now, I'll say for myself, and I'm sure all of you would agree, that the more you dig into the Word and the more you draw on Him, the more it gets revealed in you. And they might not be as big of things as when you started. It might be little subtle things in your personality. But God continues to reveal to us those things that need to be cut off and separated. So pruning brings about purification. So the text says that he takes away that which doesn't bear fruit. And so, if we think about a vine, there's two types of branches, and these are in our lives too. The first type is the diseased and dying branches. And these, as we look at our lives, if you you think about a fruit, the farmer goes out, and if there's if there's a disease, if there's a fungus starting to infect the vine, well, they've got to cut that off and remove it, because they know if it if it's left untreated, that it'll simply grow, and it'll spread from this vine. To the next vine. So I was watching a, a guy out of California that was using this text, and he would invite people out to his farm. He actually had a little sermon he would do in the midst of his grapevines. And one of the things that he noted about this is that when they cut off these dead and diseased branches, he says it's not enough just to take them and pile them up over there, because the bugs and the pests would be attracted to that pile of decay and then when they land there and move over to the vines, they'll bring it right back. And so the text talks about how these branches are gathered up and they're thrown into the fire and they're destroyed. And we've got to have that that same level of commitment when it comes to those areas in our lives where the disease of sin and compromise are slowly eating away our lives. It's not enough just to set it down and, and put it aside, but we've got to completely remove it from our midst. We've got to get it away from us so that it can't be carried back. And I think we only have to to look as far as the television to see that in action. Even inside the church, just because you come to church doesn't mean that you're disease-free. How many mega church pastors have fallen because of some kind of affair or stealing or something else where you would look at them the week before and say they're right in the middle of God's will and it's amazing what God is doing through them and all the time they're dealing with disease in their vine until it finally catches up to them. And with divorce rates as high in the church as outside the church. The church in general is not doing a very good job of cutting off those disease branches. And there's only so much that that we can do from the pulpit. But it's all of our responsibility to be aware that we are subject to that disease. We're subject to those things coming in our lives, and we have to be on guard. The text says to guard your heart with all diligence because that's where it'll come from. If we're not guarding our heart, if we're not protecting ourselves, if we're not staying connected to the vine, and if we're not drawing on the life from the vine, then we are subject to that same disease. Just like a grapevine. So the other kind of branch that he cuts off is what, uh, what we used to call sucker branches. So I don't know that maybe that's a Southern thing. I learned that from my wife. Um, but if you've ever grown tomatoes, who heres grown tomatoes? Somebody tell me you've grown tomatoes yeah um anything better than a homegrown tomato? No, okay, just just wanted to check universal fact on that um, and some of y'all men like tomatoes, but if you're gonna have a tomato, have a homegrown tomato. let's be honest. but on a tomato bush um. Between the branch that grows the fruit and the main stem, you often will get these other little sprouts that come up. And and I, I, I never knew this. I thought you planted seeds, you let it grow, you pick the fruit. And you can, and you certainly can. And they will still fruit. But there's these other little branches that come up that my wife taught me were sucker branches. And I haven't heard that before. I, I've heard it since. But these little branches don't produce any fruit. And what they do is they take energy away from the other branches. And so you can force that plant to push more energy up into the fruit-bearing branches by simply removing those sucker branches. And the same thing happens on a grapevine. A grapevine, when it's young and its maturity, will have one stem that comes up and it has this, this um, I don't even know how to describe it, but this little cluster of blossoms. And each of these little blossoms, no, no really no bigger than like a pencilette. They're tiny when they start. Each one of those, if it's pollinated, ends up being an individual grape. And so you have this one cluster of these little grape flowers that come up. And right next to it, you'll have a branch that simply has leaves. And so the 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 vine dresser goes in and takes off these branches that are producing the leaves. And it's for the same purpose as these sucker branches in that they, they will take life from the vine and steal life from the branches that do produce fruit. And so that's the other one that that God prunes is all those things in our life that are not fruitful. Those things will get exposed and he'll come in and he'll prune those things. Now I can talk about how much time we spend in front of the TV and how much time we spend flipping through Facebook and all of these kind of things. And I can probably hit a common thread with just about everyone in the room. But there's probably other hobbies and habits and things that you face, all those things are going to take energy and life away from you and away from your relationship with Christ. And that's not to say they're sinful, that's not to say they're bad, but they're just taking that Instead of you spending time being connected to the vine, and instead of you being connected to Christ, you're taking your time and you're, you're allowing that energy to be spent somewhere else. And these are the things that Christ is going to call on us and he'll say, you know what, I think I've got a little more for you. And that means you're going to have to set this aside and you and I are going to have to talk. The, the text uses an interesting word, it says abide. Which which is very similar to the word abode or home. It's a place where you spend time. And if you're gonna abide in him, that means you're gonna spend time with him. And when you do that, then your fruit begins to grow. So it's an amazing thing that that, that your fruit, if you spend time with Christ, is good fruit because it's connected to a good source. You don't have to worry about the kind of fruit you're going to produce if it's coming from the right source. You see that? So I feel like I need to touch on on one other scripture. If you look in Isaiah 5, um Isaiah introduces uh God the Father as the um uh, as the gardener. And in in the context of Isaiah 5, he talks about the garden and that's symbolic of Israel. And he talks about how their fruit was sour, how they had bad fruit. Because everything that he had set forth for them to do and come into his presence and be at the temple and, and not sin, and, and if they did follow these rules, and they were walking away from all of that, and they were dishonoring. And so he talks about how they produced bad fruit. And it's the same thing with Christ. If we walk away from him, if we, we live our lives separated from him, then the fruit of our lives is going to stink. At least stink to God. And maybe there's parts of this world that would say that's good fruit. And that just shows you how corrupt and backwards our world is. Number three, pruning brings prosperity. So we're reminded in verse 2, it says he cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do bring fruit so that they'll produce even more. And so this is one of those mysteries of God. How can you be doing really well and suddenly God prunes it and takes it away? And that can be one of the most challenging seasons, and that's what Becky and I faced. and, And I know there's probably many of you that have faced that same thing. When everything seemed to be going well and you just seemed to be connected to the vine and and everything was going great and you saw doors opening and you saw prosperity and suddenly it all just stopped. And if you're walking through one of those seasons, I would say be patient. Because again, in the in the midst of it, it might not make any sense. In the midst of it, you might feel like the enemy is coming against you. And I wish I could tell you that there is a litmus test that you could do to to really ensure whether it's it's pruning, or whether it's an attack. But I don't know what that is. But I know if you're connected to a good vine, then it might just be pruning. And I'm reminded of. The parable of the talents. You remember that where he he gave five talents to one, three to another, and one to the last. And he says, I'm going away, and when I come back, I want an update on what you've done with it. And those that had been faithful with the few he gave received more. And I feel like it's the same thing in his season of pruning that he sends us through. He looks to see, can I trust you with this? Can I trust you with a youth ministry that you'll be faithful to? That even when you and your volunteers outnumber the students four to one, that you'll be faithful to be there. Can I get a witness? Amen. You see, there, there were periods when we were in that youth ministry where I think we had two people showed up and one of them was our own kid. And you know what? And we just loved on them and took them for ice cream. That's what we did. And it was a challenging season to feel like you were failing in all of it. And I had the Holy Spirit quick me and and bring me back to this text and say that if you are faithful in little, I know that I can trust you. And I recognized that it was a season of equipping it was a season where i had to to learn to be patient i had to learn to trust i had to learn to follow when nothing made sense and you know we saw that that youth ministry begin to grow and at one time i think we got up to like 35 and it was incredible absolutely incredible we saw lives being changed we saw people being restored we had i never forget, we had one night, we had two girls that that in our worship set, they were up there, and they were crying. They said, we're crying, we don't know why. I said, that's just the Lord. And so he was faithful to multiply our efforts there and bring us into a more prosperous season. And so he looks to bring us prosperity. He looks to increase our fruit. And so how does this pruning happen? Verse 3 says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I gave you. And as I mentioned earlier, some of your texts will say the word I've given you. And it's through his word. It's through the text in the word that we can read and we can study and we can be connected to that source of life. And that will reveal to us things in our lives where we're missing. And then there's other times where God moves in our lives. There's other times when he opens doors of opportunity, when he closes doors. And I think it's in those seasons too that, that we have to remember that, that, despite what it might look like despite the the heap of branches that have been cut off and how things have suddenly gone from peaceful and and controllable we like control don't we we like to feel like like we know what today's gonna bring and we like to to kind of have our routine and our schedule and and to count on things dinners at 6 30 right we like to know that, you know, like my parents on Friday night, we always went out to dinner every Friday night. That was dinner out night. I don't know why, because you had to wait in line and all that stuff. We could have gone another night, we didn't have to wait. But anyways, we went on Friday night and so they had kids. You know, they would sit and wait forty five minutes at a restaurant, you know, and by the time we got to the table, they're ready to kill us. But it was Friday night and we were going out to eat. But we but we like to have that that comfort in our lives. We like to have that certainty in our lives. And sometimes that keeps us from being as fruitful as maybe we could. And so that, that routine and that normalcy is one of the things that God will say, you know what? You can do better. Here, let me show you. <laughs> Take that. I don't think he laughs. That's that's me laughing. But you know, sometimes the, God prunes those things from us. But if we're going to Stay connected and be fruitful. We've got to stay in the vine. We've got to stay connected to Jesus. We got to be in the Word. We got to be in prayer. You know, Becky used to tell me sometimes um, she would just ask me. She says, "Have you been Have you been reading? You know, as much as you you normally would." And I'm like, "Why?" So you just your mood is not the same. Normally, you've got a little more patience. Normally, you're not so agitated. And of course, if I'm honest, she's you've seen right through me, she's reading my book, if you will. But just like a branch that's cut off, just like a branch that's cut off a vine, a limb that's cut off a tree, for a little while, that branch will look okay. For a little while that that branch is pliable the leaves are green everything looks fine but you give that branch a little while and the leaves begin to wither and where it was flexible and pliable where a little bit of bending of the norm didn't cause it to crack suddenly it's dried out it's brittle suddenly now things that would not have bothered that branch before are suddenly causing splits to open up, suddenly causing pain. And so in order for us to be flexible and to stay flexible, in order for us to maintain patience, in order for us to have a good heart, for it to be ready, for it to be humble, for it to be helpful, we've got to stay in the word. We've got to stay connected. Because it was in those times where, <laughs> where I had allowed myself to be separated from that source that Becky was calling me out on. Because that branch, after just a little while, begins to crack and pop, and it's just not as flexible as it once was. And the same thing happens in our lives. Things that wouldn't aggravate you before suddenly become an aggravation. And suddenly we, we start acting like a three-year-old with a temper tantrum. Which we then have to humble ourselves and apologize for and all those kind of things. Because we haven't stayed connected to the one that, that allows us to stay flexible, that gives us that life, that gives us that peace and patience. There, there's a reason why they call them fruits of the spirit because it is in that connection in the spirit that you get that life you get that love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control I bet if we look at our lives all of us can probably find a time when 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 we were a little dry and a little cracked where we lost our Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we ought to take it as a sign that we need to get back to the vine. We got to get reconnected. We got to step out of those little crusty periods and get back to the one that brings us life. And so finally, if you're going to write anything else down, write this down. Pruning never never happens apart from the vine. Pruning never happens apart from the vine. So if you're being pruned, it means that God has something greater for you. He's either taken away one of those cancerous uh, branches that is going to lead to an infection that's going to lead to disease spreading in you, Or he's pruning some of those branches in your life that are producing fruit so that you'll produce more fruit. So if you find yourself in a season of pruning, and you know that it's pruning, and that's the challenge in it perhaps, is know that you are never apart from the Father's hand. Because in order to prune you, in order to to cut off those things, it means that he has to have his eye on you. that he is never more close to you than in those days of pruning, in those moments of pruning. And know that that he is looking at your life and he is examining every branch and every fruit in your life. And he's looking for the opportunity. He's looking for the right season to apply those shears in your life not to hurt you. Yeah, it might be painful. I know people, we've walked through pruning. I know some people in here who've walked through pruning. And I know some of the stories from it and I would not trade places with you. But know that in that pruning, there is a promise. There is a promise that God is taking you and he is growing you and everything he is doing for you is to prosper you. Everything is to bring about a greater, sweeter, more wonderful fruit than what you had. And that should bring you some peace knowing that God is right there. The gardener is standing in front of your branch today And he is examining every leaf. He's looking under every leaf for the first sign of that fungus. And he's looking at your fruit. and He's saying, How do we make this more? How do we make this sweeter? So pruning is not punishment. While you might feel the sting of the pruning shears, You might feel that separation. You might feel that loss in that season. It's not a time to back down. It's not a time to shrink away. Because the greatest thing in that season of pruning that you can do is heal that wound. And that healing is going to come from the vine. There's never a time when you need that that life... From the vine more than in a season of ruin and while it might be difficult in that season know that there will come a day there will come a time when you can look back over that season and you'll be able to see that the gardener was right there we want to thank you for listening in today at the well we believe in cultivating a culture for more of god Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.